remain standing, please. Take your Bibles this evening. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter number 14. Matthew, chapter 14. Hope you had a nice afternoon. And uh, kind of a dreary day. A good time to be in church, though. Amen. And uh, even on Sunday night, appreciate you all coming out. Be back at a time like this. And uh, God always has something for us. We open this book. And, uh, and uh, we're going to look at a story that's probably familiar to most of us tonight, chapter, chapter number 14, verse number 22, and we're going to read down through verse number 33, and uh, I'll read verse 22, join me on 23, and so on down through verse number 33. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Time my message is this, don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. Let's ask the Lord to help us now this evening. Father, we thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here in church again tonight. Thank you for a building that you've given to us. We, I guess we take it for granted sometimes that we have this place that we can walk into and have the comfort of a, of a nice building and uh, to be able to uh, be here and hear the word of God. And thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, I thank you for people that have a desire to hear the word. And Lord, I pray, help me as I preach now that I might give each and every one what we need. I can't, but you can, but you can use one message and fit it for every one of us. And so I pray that you would just bless and speak to us tonight. And as always, if someone would be here that's not saved, that tonight be their salvation. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Probably most everybody has heard this story or part of this story before. And uh, I, I, I believe most saved people, you've been saved very long, you've probably heard this story. But you know, there's a lot of lost people have heard this story before about you know Jesus walking on the water. And by the way, I still believe he really did. You know, some people say, well, there were rocks there, and he stepped on rocks. No, he didn't step on rocks. He, he walked on the water. That's what the Bible says. Same thing with Peter. Peter didn't find rocks to step on. He walked on the water there, too, just for a little bit, and then he began to sink. But, you know, the, the world know, knows the story. In fact, the world jokes about walking on the water, and they, they think it's a joke, and it's not something that's real. Uh, but it, but it, it really did happen, and so I, I think you know, uh, uh, the world knows this story. We know the story, and I oftentimes say, uh, don't let being familiar with a story cause you not to get the truth that God wants for us tonight. 
And uh, I've preached from this portion of Scripture several times. I've got my Bible, and I have notes here of, of dates of when I preach sermons from it. I've not preached this sermon. I, I may have talked about it a little bit, but uh, I don't, I don't re-preach sermons. I, I, I believe that God uh, needs to give me something, and I know he does. He can give me something every week for us. And, uh, you know, uh, and so tonight I want to speak to you about this here. And, and, uh, and of course, the story it tells us about, uh, about Peter and uh, a lot of times we talk about, and we, we can look at Peter, what he did in three different ways. We can say Peter was a man that had great courage. You know, I have to say, walking, you know, walking on the water in a storm, it had to take a little bit of courage, didn't it? You know, to do it there. And we can also say, well, you know, it took great faith. Boy, he did have that faith too, right? He trusted the Lord. The Lord said, come. And what did he do? He stepped out. He never walked on water before. He stepped out on that water, and so he had faith. Or we can say it was reckless abandonment. He thought, well, here goes, and he just stepped out there. Now, I, I believe that he was, he was trusting God, and, and, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll put it in one of those three different areas there. And, uh, but I, I'd like to look at the story from maybe a different perspective tonight uh, than what maybe I've preached about it before. Not something new, but at a different perspective here and uh, a different angle. And, and, and see what, what the Bible has, I believe, for us tonight. We find, first of all, in the, in the story, in the situation that was happening here, Jesus had put them in the boat. Notice with me again, verse number 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, I really think it's urgent for us to, uh, to or really important for us to understand the urgency here for this. I believe the Lord was saying, this is something you need to do now. You know, so many times we just, we tell the Lord, wait. You know, we're, we're just not ready yet. Let me pray about it. Now, I understand, I understand we need to pray about things too. But you know, when the Lord speaks to us, we need to do what he says. And the Lord speaks to the word of God. We don't have to, you know, you don't have to pray about whether we ought to go to church. We don't need to pray about whether we should tithe. And uh, oh, we should pray. And uh, or witness to people. That's not, you don't have to pray about it. So, well, I'm going to pray about that, preacher. You don't have to because God already said to. And so what we just need to do is get to that place where we obey the Lord uh, in, the, in, the, in the situation there. And so the, the, the Lord was showing here there was something really important. And he said in the word straightway, that makes me realize this, straightway has the idea of being immediately without hesitation. Lord said, what did he tell him to do? He constrained the disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side. He had a plan for them and told them step by step what to do. He said, go down, get in the ship, and go to the other side. So, so the, the, the ultimate uh, uh, thing to happen here was that they would end up on the other side of the sea. That was God's plan. That was God's will, wasn't it? They didn't have to stop and say, well, let us pray about this. No, God said it. They just needed to do what he said. And so straightway means immediately without hesitation. The Lord was saying, fellas, this is what I want you to do. Go down there, get in the ship, and go to the other side. I think he was saying this. Don't stop and have a meal. Don't stop at McDonald's or anything like that. Just just go and get on that ship and go to the other side. Uh, I'm sure some of them think, you know, maybe we're thinking, well, you know, it's going to get dark here or it's nighttime, and and we're not, maybe we've got to wait till morning. 
But the Lord said straightway. He was saying, do this now. He was showing the importance of obeying right away. And so the disciples, they didn't need to pray about it. They didn't need to think about it. They just needed to do what the Lord told them to do. And then the Bible says, and it shows me a little bit more how important this was, that one word that I want you to notice that straightway in verse number 22. And then the Bible says, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Constrained means compelled or forced them. That's how powerful God is. You know, people say, well, I just don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Well, you, you know, you're going, to have a, you're going to have a problem with God then. Because God tells us what to do. He constrains us. And, I, and I, I'm glad that he does. I'm, I'm, glad God does. I'm glad that God doesn't just say, well, just do whatever you want to do. I'm glad God says, thou shalt and thou shalt not. He said, that rubs me the wrong way. You know why? Because we're flesh. We think that we know more than God. We don't know more than God. God knows everything, and we need to trust him. And so uh, the, God const- the Lord constrained them to get in the ship to go to the other side. I think it's interesting here that it was not up for a vote. You know, there are some things that we might vote about and, uh, you know, in, uh, about church, but we don't, well, we don't vote about doctrine. Amen. We don't vote about doctrine. We, we can vote about what color carpet. I was teasing with the fellows. I found a new barbecue uh, grill. And I was telling the fellows that uh, I, I think that the Lord wants us to have it. And it's, uh, it's the guys, uh, what do you think? Amen. All in favor, say aye. aye. Uh, see, there it is. I'm telling you, they, I, they, they all want it. And I think, and you ladies are going to follow the men, aren't you? Yes, right. So, guys, we just bought us a new grill. You say, what kind of grill is it? Well, it only costs seven thousand eight hundred dollars, and uh, but uh, but it's 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 I don't know how long it is. It looks to be about ten feet long. It's made to look like a pistol, and it's a revolver. I should say a revolver, and it's 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 really awesome. I mean, isn't it, guys? It is awesome. And, and if you ladies love us, you'll vote with us on it. But to, no, we're not taking a vote on that, honestly. Some of you right now, you look so sour. I'm telling you, you ought to be a Methodist or a Presbyterian or something like that. And, uh, you know, just, just go in there and, and suck on lemons. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just having some fun with you. But the, there, there's this, this big, this big uh, uh, thing there. And, and you know what? We, God didn't say go and buy it. And we, we would vote on something if we were buying that or buying a new lawnmower. We were talking about that downstairs, too. Or if we were to say about painting the church or anything, we'll vote on that. But we don't vote on what the Word of God has to say. And you want to help him there with the jack. He's having an awful time there. Go ahead and help him so he can get that. And, and I won't be. There you go. There we are. Yank real hard. He's stuck in it. I think it's painted on. All right. <laughs> get, grab the other shoulder. You've got to get the other shoulder out. There we go. Get that other shoulder going. All right, now we got it there. Don't take your shirt off. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, we don't want to be embarrassed. All right. All right, thank you, fellas. Thank you there. But uh, yes, amen. So where are we at here? All right, so the Lord constrained them, compelled them, was saying, hey, get in that ship and go to the other side. There was not any question. They didn't say, well, let's have a vote on it. They did that without any question. And so it was an up for vote. And so what happens there, now think about this again. The Lord is straightway showing the importance there, constrained them, said, hey, listen, it's not up for vote. Get in the ship. And, and then what happens there, they get in the ship, they're doing God's will. That's exciting when someone does God's will, isn't it? You know, I'm glad that God has a will for every one of us, and it's an exciting thing and a blessed thing when we get to a place and we do God's will. These disciples, that may not sound like a big thing, to go and get on a ship and go to the other side. 
You say, what's the big deal about it? They were obeying God. You know, even in little things, we need to obey what God says. And he told them to get, it, get in there, and so there, there they are. They're, they're obeying the Lord, and, and, and then what happened? While they're in the ship, while they're, can we put it this way? While they were right smack dab in the middle of God's will, doing what God told them to do, a storm came. <laughs> Many times, you know, the way we look at something, man, I'm doing God's will. Why do the storms come? Storms come in God's will sometimes. And that's what happened. The storm came. And, and sometimes, people, sometimes we think, well, when a storm comes in our life, it's because God is chastening us. But I don't believe that was what was happening here. God's, these disciples, now think about this. These disciples were in God's will, in the ship, but they were also in the storm. In that storm, they were where God wanted them to be. And the Lord knew about it. Now, was he in the ship with them? No. He wasn't in the ship with them. He wasn't there at this moment. Now, when we first talk about it there, he wasn't there out on the water. Where was he? He was up on the mountain praying. But you know what? The Lord knows about everything, doesn't he? You know, he's God in the flesh. And so what happens? They, they, they're, they're in God's will doing what God wanted to do. Now, the thing is, they could have stayed on the shore. And I think if they stayed on the shore, they had been in pretty good company with the multitude of people. Because the Bible talks about in the preceding verses what had happened. There was the feeding of the 5,000. I know a way that would cheer you up this evening. Give you food to eat. You know, I was thinking about the kids. I thought, boy, I should go down. I've got candy down at the barn in the refrigerator. I forgot about it, and it's still in the refrigerator. I thought about going down and getting it. And I'm telling you what, all these kids right now without a smile on their face would get a smile on their face if I walked in and said, every kid that wants candy, come on up here. Oh, they would run. Right? And if I said to all you fellas, hey, fellas, we got steaks for everybody downstairs. Amen. Yes. We got big old steaks. He was telling about the, one of the guys at work, one of the bosses at work, bought a bunch of, what kind of steaks was it? Delmonico's. Sleeves of Delmonico's. Well, how many is in a sleeve? 20 in a sleeve. Amen. I think I can handle that, don't you? And, uh, uh, you know, if I said, hey, we're going to have Delmonico's after the service, I believe that, and, and we're going to put it in our new barbecue. Amen. And uh, we're, we're going to have all these steaks. And we say, man, that, that would be awesome. You know what would make you happy? Do you think that where the disciples were at after they fed the, fi the 5,000 people that were there, do you think those people were happy? Right, man, I'll tell you what, their bellies were full, they were excited. I think they looked at the disciples like, you guys are okay. I don't think the disciples had, were walking around there and people saying, you dirty, rotten disciples. Why, they wouldn't do that with their mouth full or their belly full. You know, they could have stayed there on the shore with those people and been in good company, quote, I guess we should say. They could have been with that crowd of people and been very popular for that moment. But you see, God didn't tell them to stay there. And it wasn't like if they stayed there, they would have got involved in idolatry. But God said, I have a plan for you to get in the ship and go to the other side. And so they obeyed God rather than stay with the crowd who liked them. They obeyed God rather than stay with the crowd that was probably thinking, boy, you guys are great. They obeyed the Lord. There was not a crowd in the ship. There was just the disciples. So, but thank the Lord, the disciples obeyed the Lord. Got in the boat all by themselves in the midst and ends up in the midst of a sea with a storm. But they were in God's will. Weren't they?
They were in the process, right in the middle of the process of God's will, go to the other side. I believe there's two kinds of storm in life. Sometimes there's the storms of correction. And I believe a a great example of that storm is Jonah. The Bible says about Jonah, remember, God called him and told him, I want you to go and preach. And Jonah said, I don't want to do it. He didn't want to do God's will, and he thought that he could run from God's will. So he ran and tried to get away from it, and he goes down and gets on a ship, and he's he's headed out. And what happened? A storm came. Who do you think brought the storm? The Lord did, didn't he? And the Lord came there and brought that storm, and here's this big storm, and, and Jonah realizes how bad he's been and what he's been doing there and what happened. God brought that storm. Jonah, you know the story. He, he was thrown overboard there, and, and that, then God had prepared that, that fish for him, that great fish, I believe a whale. The Bible says the New Testament calls it a whale. That he prepared that great fish for him, and that fish swallowed him up and uh, brought him back, spit him up on the, on the, on the shore, and then jo- Jonah went and preached a revival meeting after that. Finally was doing what God said but God had to bring a storm to straighten them out. Sometimes we bring storms on ourselves by our not following God's will. So sometimes storms are there for our correction, but there's also storms, I believe, that God allows to happen in our lives for perfection, but for perfection. In these storms, God is helping us to grow, and I believe that's what God was doing here in the situation with these disciples. They had not done anything wrong. I'm not saying they were perfect people, but they were obeying God's will. They were not out of God's will, and God sent a storm to straighten them out. Like Jonah, God sent a storm to perfect them. For them to understand that in a storm, doing God's will, God will still take care of you. That's a great truth. That's a great truth. And so... God sometimes lets these storms come to strengthen our faith. And how many times going through a storm just helps to strengthen our faith? I think we oftentimes, you know, we pray we want it always to be easy. But if we look back in life, it was difficult times that taught us something. Do we pray more when we got a problem? You know we do. I mean, we, just, we do. And all of a sudden, we got, we got bad news, we really pray. And sometimes, you know, and, and that, that's, that's fine to pray there, but, you know, sometimes God is trying to allow us to go through a storm to help us be more what we ought to be. We might look at our lives and see if things all right to make us to straighten up about some things, not necessarily chastening, but for us to be strengthened in trusting God. You know, one of the things about growing older, one of the good things is, are you ready? Somebody right now saying, what in the world might that be? Grandkids. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. You've still got a few months to go on that. But, but yeah, grandkids, that's, that's a great thing too. But, but you, you know, you know one, of the, one of the great things about growing older? You've seen God work more. These guys up here haven't seen God work like I have seen God work. You say, well, you think you're something. No, I'm old. <laughs> you get, what, 15, 14? 69, you think I've seen more than what they've seen? Right. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you, but I see this, that the storms will come in your life too as you follow God's will, but the storms will teach you something and help you and will, will, will bring you closer to the Lord. 
So I think as we get older, we do have, you know, they say, I was talking to a fellow the other day, he said about, you know, they call it the golden years. I say, I call it the rusty years. <laughs> Amen. I told my wife, she says, are, are you cold? I said, no, I hurt. And, uh, you know, I just uh, aches and pains and try to stretch. I can't, I think, I think one of the reasons I get up so early in the morning is because I can't lay there that long in the bed. And uh, I just got to get up. I got to get moving a little bit. And when I say little bit, I mean exactly those words. All righty. But I, I get up and I'll move a little bit. I'll stretch. I, when I go get make coffee in the morning, you know what I do? I stand there and I stretch. I figure I might as well kill two birds with one stone. Amen. I push the button for the coffee machine there and I stand there and I reach up and I touch. We've got logs up above there, beams. And I reach up and I stretch till I can touch those beams with my hands. And then I bring my hands back and I stretch a little bit. Oh, as you get older. But I tell you what, as you get older, you understand that God's taken care of me all those years. For 69 years, God's taken care of me. And that's a long time to you guys and a long time to me too. But I've been able to see more of God taking care of me than you have. God sends storms sometimes to teach us things. I've been in the storms, but then I've been on the other side on the shore too. Aren't you glad that God's there in the storms? And so the Lord puts them in the boat. They experience the storm. And then what happens? We find that he's praying for them. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away and went up into a mountain apart to pray. I'll tell you what. When God prays, when the Lord prays, something happens. Amen. And when the evening was come, he was there with who? Alone. He was there all alone. You know, I believe that the Lord was praying for the multitude. I believe he was. I think he was praying for all those folks who just came there and he fed, multiplied the fishes and the bread. And I think that he was praying for those people there. But I, I believe also that he was praying for those disciples that were in that boat headed for the storm. You know, nothing's out of the mind of God. God knows everything. And God knew what was going to happen there to him. And the Lord's praying for him. Aren't you glad to, to know the Lord's praying for you tonight? And he cares about you. And he says, you're going to go through a storm, but don't worry about it. I'll be there with you. I'll take care of you. I'll get you to the shore, I'll get you to the side. You know, a wonderful thought about this is, is this. Where it says in God saw, and the Bible talks about how that God saw their need and saw them. He prayed for them. Mark chapter 6, verse 48 tells about the same story. And it says, and when he saw them toiling, rowing, in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But what blesses my heart was this, to know the Lord saw them. You know, the Lord sees you tonight. Isn't it good? He knows if you're paying attention or not. But he knows your heartache. He knows your burden. He knows what, what just, just bothers you so many times. God knows us so well. And I think about how that the Lord is praying for his people. Romans 8, 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also... Now think about this. If we're talking about Jesus Christ, who is in the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Tonight, somebody is praying for me. You say, well... You know, maybe some people know you. Yeah, I think there are some people who, my grandmother used to tell me, she said, Mark, she said, every time when it's your service, she knew what time our services were. She said, I always pray for you. She was in a rest home. She couldn't get out. But she said, I'm always praying for you when you're preaching. 
I thank the Lord for that. But let me tell you something. I'm glad Grandma prayed for me. I'm glad you prayed for me. But I'm going to tell you something that's really great. There is the Lord in heaven that is praying for me right now. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. I tell you what, he's got good communications there. I mean, he's talking right with the Father about that. You know, people say, well, I'm going to pray to Peter. I'll ask St. Jude to help me. I don't need a saint to help me. I mean, I, 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 I've, got, I've got the Savior sitting right next to the Father right now. There's nobody better than that. You know, why, why go around the long way around? That's kind of like, you know, instead of using your cell phone, you get a tin, two tin cans and a string. Isn't that kind of silly? You ever, you ever do that? Tin cans and a string? My brother and I, we did that. We thought it was so cool in our house. He was in his bedroom. I was in my bedroom. We're like, all right, we have, we have telephones now. We would talk in that and think we could hear each other. and You could hear between the walls. But you know what? Tonight, we have a God in heaven that knows about us. And, 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 and he knows about us because I believe this. Uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is sitting there. Did you hear what that verse said? It said, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The Lord's praying for you tonight. Isn't that a good thought? Man, I just got a lot of good thoughts here tonight, don't I? You know why? Because it's in the Bible. And he's praying for you tonight. So Jesus then went to them, verse number 25. We'll go to verse 24, we'll include that. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Why did Jesus walk on the water? I believe he walked on the water because it was the very thing that they feared. I think they were fearful of the wind, but they were fearful of the ship being capsized. And if the ship is capsized, what's going to happen? It's going to sink. And if they're in the middle of the sea, they're probably going to drown. Well, they could swim a ways. But chances are, in a, in a, in a sea where the, where the winds were so strong like that, they probably are thinking, we're, we're going to die. The, the waves are going to come over the ship, and we're going to all die right here. But think about this. What did the Lord use to come to them? The sea. The water. The very thing that they feared. You see, what they feared became the staircase to our Lord to come to them that night. You know, the very thing that we fear sometimes is that thing that God's going to come to us about. He'll use it. We fear, and God says, no, have fear. Why? Lord, say, you know, can you imagine these disciples, Lord, we're really scared here. You know, this storm's really bad. That water is going to come in the boat. And Lord says, don't worry about the water. I'll walk on it. <laughs> that brings some comfort, wouldn't you? And so the Lord comes to them walking on the sea. Boy, how neat that must have been. I understand they were a little bit fearful. And, uh, and, and look at verse 26 says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. You know, they had never seen this before. I mean, they have never seen somebody walking on the sea. And it's nighttime now, and they see someone walking on the sea, and they're fearful. But what happened? The Lord said to them, verse number 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Wow, in the middle of a storm, the Lord said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, Peter's response shows me that though he was afraid, 
Because the very next verse, what's it say how Peter answered the Lord? Look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, and here's a little word that's really big here. If, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Why, he just said it was him, didn't he? Yeah. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter says, if thou be the Christ. If Thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. You know, faith doesn't have the word if in it. Faith believes God, doesn't it? You know, sometimes, well, if the Lord will do, you know, we just need to believe God. But I was, I was thinking, you know, about the two thieves on the cross. One of them said this, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us too. Do you notice he had the same word, if? No faith. But what did the other one say? The other one said, Lord, remember me. No if there. Peter had some doubt. Peter saying, you know, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you here. And, 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 and think about this. It sounds, and I understand, I guess we look at it this way, it sounds like he's really having faith and trust in the Lord. But the thing was, the Lord didn't say, I want you to get in a ship, and when a storm comes, I want you to walk on the water to me. That's not what he told him to do. He said, get in the ship and go to the other side. Right? That was God's will. Now, God allowed him, the Lord allowed Peter to get out of that ship and walk on that water. But God's will was, and God's command to them was to go to the other side. So when, when the storm came, it didn't, it, because of the storm, it didn't nullify what God's will was. We find out God's will, and all of a sudden, a trouble comes in our life, and all of a sudden, we think, well, you know what? That since the storm is here, I cannot fulfill the will of God. We've got to fulfill the will of God even when the storm comes. There's going to be things that will come in our life that will hurt us really bad, but we cannot forget the will of God. I think of a young man, a young preacher one time, and, and some problems came in his, in his life, and his, his child got very sick. God had called him to preach, but when his child got sick, he quit preaching. And then got out of preaching even when his son got better. You see, you don't stop when the troubles and the trials. You say, preacher, but you don't understand how hard that might have been. Do you understand how important it is to do God's will? When the storm comes, there's a God in heaven that can take care of a man. There's a God in heaven that can take care of every lady in this room, every man in this room, every boy and every girl. There's a God in heaven that can. We need to be concerned about doing his will when the storms of life come. I'm not saying the storms are little and, and, and it, we shouldn't. It, they're not going to hurt. They are. There was fear on the part of these men. Let me tell you something. Don't let fear stop you from doing God's will. Sometimes things are scary. But never let fear stop you from doing God's will. And so our Savior allowed Peter to get out of the ship and come to him. I think, well, you know, I oftentimes I say this, at least Peter got out and walked on the ship. But let's be careful. What did the other fellows do? They stayed in the ship. They were still headed to the other shore. Peter's wanting to take a, a, a little detour here. And I think we could say, well, you know, it really took faith. It did, but we see how big his faith was because all of a sudden he saw the wind boisterous. You know, and he was picking up on 
seeing the wind. And Kamash is blowing in his face and thinking, oh my, and he begins to sink. I really wonder how great was his faith. The wind was blowing before he walked in to that water. And now the wind's blowing while he's in the water and he gets his eyes off of the Lord. You know what he was doing? He was, I really believe he was getting out of God's will. You said, but he was coming to the Lord and he sank. He began to sink. And the Lord got, pulled him up. And what did the Lord do? He said, come on, let's just walk over to the shore. They got in the boat, didn't they? That was the will of the Father. That was the Lord's will. Get in the ship and go to the other side. And the Lord has come there, and Peter's like, well, let me walk on this water. But his eyes wandered. You see, when we jump ship... The odds are against us, too. You say, but preacher, you do not understand. You know what? I, you know, I understand this. I don't understand everything. I don't understand your problems, your burdens. You don't understand mine. But I have learned something this. You don't jump ship when the storms come. You don't jump ship. And I began to think, there's several ships that we get into. I'm almost done, but just, just listen for a few more minutes, would you? There's some ships that we get into. One of those is human relationships. Amen. Do sometimes storms come into those? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we, we say this, you know, churches would be great if it weren't for the people. <laughs> but a church is the people, isn't it? There's relationships we get into. Don't jump ship when, when, when all of a sudden you say, well, I get in, I join a church, and, you know, I find out I, it just seemed like everything was perfect. Right away, you're wrong. The only thing perfect in the church is the pa- uh, is nothing. Uh, but uh, there's nothing perfect in the church. But what happens? We've got to learn in that relationship to not be fearful. Get in there and do what we can. Don't let the storms come stop you. I know a man came to my office one time and said, oh, Pastor, we're leaving the church. I said, oh, I don't want you to leave. He goes, oh, I don't either. He said, but my wife wants me to. it's a shame that that, uh, we can't weather storms. Amen. If God puts you somewhere, I don't think God all of a sudden just says, all right, now you move here, now you move here, now you move here, now you move here. When troubles come. Now, if a church quits teaching and preaching the word of God and doctrine gets wrong, you get out of there. I believe it's God's will. Let me tell you something, though. You don't jump ship because of stupid things. And sometimes it's human relationships. I just don't like them. How many of you just are, are thrilled with everybody at Walmart? <laughs> I go to Walmart, it drives me nuts. I see this one woman walking around. She's one of them shoppers, you know, for everybody. When you call and bring you, get your groceries. She's got, she's got her gay pride thing stuck in her hair, got all different color hair there. She walks around, one day I need to help. And the, who was there to help me? <laughs> and it came over. And I said, I can't find a price. I was getting basketballs for the kids down at the school. And I said, there's no price. I said, they were all jumbled around on the shelf. And I said, I don't know what the prices are here. And I said, is there one of those scan? I said, could you scan this? She goes, you'll have to wait a minute. I'm thinking, good night. You're supposed to be a rainbow person. Happy. <laughs> Amen. There ought to be some fairy tales like, oh, yes, let me help you, sir. 
I'm telling you what, it should have been a black flag the way she was. But, but, you, but you, you know, there's all kinds of folks at Walmart, and we go to Walmart, and there'll be all kinds of folks come to church. You say, well, we don't need those kind of people. You know what kind of people you need in a church? People that need Jesus. People who need to get saved, and people who need to get their life straightened out with the Lord, and which is a constant battle with us all the time. So we get in the ship of relationships, human relationships, and then we get into the marriage relationship. Moving on to the next one. <laughs> Do storms ever come in our marriages? You're afraid to say yes. I, see, I, I look at Andy, he looks over at his wife like, don't say anything. <laughs> What's that? Tidal waves. We've had in our marriage, all right? Tidal waves, yes. Yeah, tsunamis. You didn't put that in my notes, huh? I don't know what happened there. But marriage, your storms come. Anybody here, you agreed on everything? No. You know what you do? You do for better, for worse. <laughs> you never knew how much worse was going to be, did you? For rich or poor, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. You know what we want to do? I'm going to jump ship. There's storm, preacher. I'm telling you what, I can't handle her anymore. Well, you need, to, you need to straighten things out. And then she says, he is just an idiot. And you knew that going into it. Amen. Oh, you ladies right now just want to say amen so bad. And yet you want to ride home. But God places us in different ships. He places us in what I already talked about with human relationships. He puts us in church memberships too. And there's that ship. We need, to, we need to keep rowing together. Why? God says, I want you to go to the other shore. I want you to go to the shore. But Lord, there's, there's, wait a minute. Lord, Lord, I've got a question here. There's a storm. Now what do I do? Go to the other shore. You see, the thing was, the Lord didn't come to the ship because Peter was walking on the water. The Lord was coming to the ship because the disciples were on their way to the other shore. Now, when Peter saw the Lord, he said, let me come to you there. But the Lord was already coming to them. It's a neat story, isn't it? Really kind of just kind of, man, it clicks to stop and think about these things. But the storms will come. But here's the wonderful thing about it for us to remember tonight. That the Lord sees our ship because he's watching our ship. And he's praying for us. And he will come to us in the time of need. Before they saw him, he was already on his way, wasn't he? He was already on his way. You know, they're in the car, we're going to do, we're going to die. Remember, the water's going to come over the side, we're going to die. What are we going to do? Jesus was already on his way. I'm like, you know, where's the one in there that's saying, hey, the Lord will take care of us? <laughs> Easy for us to be sitting in a dry church tonight. Everything seems to be all right, but you know, sometimes the things are not always right. When things seem lost, when the outlook is bleak, when all hope seems to be gone, got some news for you, he'll be there. You know, the truth of the matter and what we get out of this story is this, you don't have to walk on the water. You need to stay in the ship. <laughs> you say, well, that'd be so cool to walk on the water. Yeah, wouldn't it? But that wasn't God's will. God's will was for him to go to the other side. Just stay in the ship. 
So don't worry about walking on that water. Don't worry about the storm if it's going to sink you. The Lord's on the way. And when you see him, you don't have to say, if you be, just say, Lord, over here. Come on. We've been waiting for you. You think everything would have calmed down if Peter had not walked down the water? Yeah, everything would have calmed down. Why? Because it was the Lord there. Peter had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I like that part. Well, at least he got out. But you know what? That's not what they were supposed to be doing, getting out of the ship. They were to go to the other side. Go to the other side. You see, people jumping the ship over so many different things when they ought to keep rowing and keep the ship pointed in the right direction. One last statement. The winds of the storms will never capsize the old ship of Zion. <laughs> it just won't do it. The old ship of Zion ain't going down. Aren't you glad for that? Some of you looking like, well, I don't know. It looks pretty bleak sometimes. Oh, the old ship of Zion just keeps sailing on. Just keeps sailing on. Stay in the ship. Stay on in the ship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time tonight. Lord, I pray that we've helped folks tonight. Some of the situations that come into our life, the troubles, the trials we have, the storms brew, and all the winds blow and the waves beat against the ship that we're in. But Lord, you have a will for these men. You have a will for us too. Lord, may nothing stop us from fulfilling the will of God in our lives. May we understand too that you know about us. Why well, those disciples didn't have anything to worry about because they had Jesus praying for them. Tonight, Lord, thank you for being there at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And that ought to help us sleep better tonight. It ought to help us in any trouble or trial we may be going through to know you're there. You'll take care of us. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed tonight. If you're not sure you're saved, you need to trust the Lord as your Savior. I wonder if there's anyone tonight, preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Christian, tonight, God spoke to your heart. Oh, I don't know what storm you may be going through. It might now, sun may be shining in your life and seem like everything's all right, but a storm will come. But the Lord will take care of you in the storms just as much when it's calm weather. Just trust him. You don't have to get out of the ship. Just stay in the ship. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar will be open. Father, bless now. Speak to us in this invitation. Lord, I pray we'll be a people that will trust you like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.